This is the best, 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 best practices in education and Odyssey School podcast. Let's fly away in a cloud. We'll go down to Odyssey. We'll learn some cool new things and new opportunities. Because Odyssey is made of magic, made of magic. This podcast aims to offer professional resources, practical tools, and inspiring conversations to teachers and parents in their quest for excellent education. And the trees are rainbow, and you'll see the corn every now and then because that's not weird at all. Welcome to Best Practices in Education, an Odyssey School podcast. My name's Corey Adams, and I'll be your host. Today, we welcome Pana Columbus into the studio. Pana, welcome to Best Practices. Thank you. So your best practice was on the topic of how to teach students to solve real-world problems. Can you share what the inspiration was for that topic? Sure. Kind of the uber focus of my life has been how do we transform both as individuals and organizations or groups or um, society. Mm -hmm. And that was largely the work that I did with my theater company um, is trying to identify, that's actually how we would start projects, is we would ask the question, what do we want to see differently? What what needs to change? And then we would decide, and then we would write a play about that and um, focus on creating that change through rewriting kind mm-hmm. of a, a narrative that we were all living by societally. Um, so that's kind of been the guiding mission of my life is transformation. Wow. So trying to figure out how to um, share that uh, with students was important to me. Wonderful. When we were watching The Best Practice, you talked for a few minutes about the integral model, which is what we use at Odyssey, and then also the design process and how that relates to this question of how to make real world change happen. And then you honed in on something that you were calling six levels for real change. And so I'd love to hear more about those levels and what they are specifically. So the six levels um, are just a really elegant way uh, to organize the way we think about change. Um, The first level is the personal level, and that involves one person. Mm -hmm. So if I care about global warming, maybe I'll buy an electric car. It's something one person can do. Um, The next level is interpersonal level. So that's something that two people can do together. So if you were my next-door neighbor and I said, Corey, do you want to carpool to work? Mm-hmm. That would uh, cut in half our fuel usage um, with just one action step. That's two people figuring out how something that the two of them can do together that can make demonstrable change. Mm-hmm. Um, the third level is group level, and that is a small group, which is a classroom, you know, as it relates to a school. It could be a classroom. It could be a school if it's a small mm-hmm. school. Um, it's a controllable group of people. They can all mm-hmm. have their email addresses, and it's a contained group. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of that is when the high school last year, um, for their experiential seminar, one of the things they did is they did the river cleanup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then inspired by that group action, they started the composting program at the school. Mm-hmm. So that's a small group saying, let's do this and doing it. That's a group level mm-hmm. action. Then there's societal level. 
And societal has to do with media. So it has to do with, um, could be social media, could be newspapers or TV or magazines or Mm -hmm. anything that's broadcast out to a potentially infinite group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So an example of societal level change is um, the Me Too movement, how that that's a great that example. It's a great, it's a great example how a very simple uh, societal level step had such powerful impact in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the institutional, oh no, then there's the cultural level. Mm-hmm. And the cultural level also works with groups, but it's um, a larger group and it's identified through culture. Mm-hmm. So women Mm-hmm. is a cultural group, or uh, African Americans, or Native Americans, or mm-hmm. Asian Americans, or Buddhists, or any large yeah. group. Of, you can't get all their email addresses, <laughs> on, you know, but they do identify as a particular group. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story I love to tell about um, cultural group transformation is uh, was told to me by one of the fellows who taught me about the six levels, Wakesa Majimoyo. And he has um, a school in Atlanta with his wife uh, called the Aya Educational Institute. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was called to do some consulting at a school in Washington. And they were having trouble. It's a largely African-American uh, population there. And the students were not interested in math. And um, when you're not interested and aren't paying attention, you're not going to learn. So they brought him in saying, how do we help these students? And so he went in and he uh, said, I'm going to address this as a cultural level problem. And he said to the students, where does math come from? And they said, you know, basically a bunch of white guys in a room (laughs) yakking at each other. And he said, actually, it comes from Africa. Mm -hmm. This comes from your people. This is your heritage. And he shared with them stories about how they were doing really complex math for a very long time, thousands of years in different parts of Africa. And lo and behold, the kids cared, and they became interested, and they took ownership of it, and they learned math. Yeah, it's so powerful that that he was able to create meaning for them around it and relationship to it. Exactly. Yeah. So that is cultural? That's the cultural level. Mm -hmm. And then there's... um, the institutional level. And the institutional level is basically policy and procedure. Ah. So here at the school, when we were talking about equity, and you said, um, okay, everybody, as a, as a school policy, has to take the Building Bridges mm-hmm. program. All staff have to take the class. Um, that is a institutional level action mm-hmm. that, um, that operates within the organization. Yeah, so that that level, I think many of us in American culture today have questions about that particularly. How do we make institutional level change? And the question that I know you are bringing to us is a question that's been very present both at the school and in our, the broader cultural ocean in which we all swim, which is how can we make action around climate change? And so that real change is about climate change, particularly. And you were really asking us to analyze how Gandhi and Dr. King 
made institutional level change. And and so could you talk a little bit about that for us here? Sure. So um, they operated on many levels and it was pretty formulaic. So if you watch the Gandhi movie or Mm -hmm. you, you you study Martin Luther King, you see that they did the same thing over and over and over again, which is great because we can do it too. It's something that can be repeated, uh, learned and repeated. Um, So what they did is they would start with a small group, and in their group they would ask themselves, what is the societal level change Mm -hmm. within our cultural group? Mm -hmm. So for... um, the in India, Indian Congress, the Dem- I can't remember the name of the, the organization that met, but it was, a, I mean, the group, the small group that mm-hmm. met. But they would f- uh, identify what is the societal level action, basically the thing that's going to get us on the front page of the newspaper, mm-hmm. the thing that's going to get us on the five o'clock news, mm-hmm. the thing that's going to get us an international press. Like, what is the action that our cultural group, so they're functioning as a small group, mm-hmm. but that a the cultural group that we can enlist the the culture mm-hmm. who cared passionately about the issue. So in India, it was independence. In uh, with African Americans and beyond, it was you know civil rights. Mm-hmm. How do you get a small group to engage the cultural group to create a societal level action which is big enough? to make the institutional level action happen. What Mm -hmm. is the law, what is the new law Mm -hmm. that can make millions of people change their behavior rather quickly? That, That is the formula. Well, that's the trick, right? That's the trick. <laughs> so Very complicated and also radically simple it's sometimes. really simple. Mm-hmm. So the thing that um, Gandhi would say is it has to be, um, you have to, the, the, thing that determines what the um, societal level response should be is it has to provoke a response. Mm-hmm. It has to make people uncomfortable. It has to disrupt the current consensus reality by creating, by pretending that the new reality is already here, in essence. Mm-hmm. So if African Americans didn't like the fact that they couldn't sit at the Woolworth lunch counter, mm-hmm. They said, we're going to sit at the Woolworth lunch counter. We're going to act as if it's already possible. And that those were teenagers that did that. They were 19, mm-hmm. 20 years old. They were college freshmen, uh, three African-American young men. So that is disruptive. Mm-hmm. It pisses people off. <laughs> and it gets you on the front of the newspaper. And it's the behavior that is replicable. And so... Thousands of other African Americans started doing the same thing. They'd show up in restaurants, seat themselves. They'd show up at Woolworth counters, and I think it was something like eight months of doing that, and mm-hmm. the laws changed. You know, not before there was violence and there was you know sure. a lot of of kickback because it collided with current consensus reality. Mm-hmm. But that is what happened, and that's what ultimately creates. The new reality, and Gandhi. Gandhi was the master of it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where Dr. King learned sure. these techniques. So we can do that today. And the question is, what is what is the societal level action that youth? And we're at a school, so we're connected to <laughs> the saviors, really. I uh-huh. mean, or the 
the ones who can make it happen, um, and the the climate march, which was led by youth, mm-hmm. inspired by and executed by, um, that is the cultural level group that is going to make uh, addressing climate change actually possible. Mm-hmm. So, so the the marches were a first step, and then the question is, and this is what I'm I'm hoping to. I met with Gabe and his students, and mm-hmm. we're starting to percolate some ideas. Is what is that societal level action? That's disruptive enough, right. <laughs> and and kudos to Odyssey to be courageous enough to ask those questions because it's it is disruptive. Yeah, you know, it was interesting just even watching people think about this from a more formulaic place and apply it. And so you really sat with the teachers and tried to walk them through that process of considering the different levels and what kinds of actions could really be disruptive. And then I know. We're seeing that be replicated down, particularly in the high school student body, and I think um, in the broader public also in the teenage population. So it is present and happening even as we speak, really. Yeah. For our students, that has meant organizing themselves around those walkouts. So uh, we had one just recently, a few weeks ago. It was the second climate change walkout that we've had this year. The first one was earlier this fall, and we have been working, our faculty have been working to support students as they're there and helping them think about their speeches and messaging and um, really being present to how they can vocalize for change in the most dramatic and strategic way. It's such a gift to them to have that support. And, and yes, kudos to the school and kudos to the students, uh, both at Odyssey and around the world, um, for all they've already done. I mean, it's already yeah. been a huge accomplishment. And yes, supporting the students in the way that you did and the way that the school has um, is pioneering. It's really huge. So before we finish up today, Pana, I would love to just ask you if you have any words of advice for uh, teachers and drama professionals about how they could use the levels to promote real change with students. The question is always, what is the change you want to see? That's where you start. (laughs) Uh And then you can uh, look at the six levels and say, which level is going to change this? What what level is going to... um, impact the change. Mm -hmm. Um, And if climate change is, I mean, it seems like that is the issue of our day, Mm -hmm. because there's a deadline. (laughs) And the impact is on everybody and everything. Um, The question, kind of the existential question is, what is the societal level action um, that's disruptive enough to really make the institutional level change happen? And that is that is the question. Um, Odyssey students are already talking about it, that I would encourage every human being who cares know, about right? the planet to Every think human about. being. It's such a good question that I feel like that's a great place to end and let people go and ponder and dive deep about how they can make some change. So thank you so much, Pana, for coming into the studio today to share about the levels with us and to inspire us about Mm. how we can go back out into the world. Thanks for having me and thanks for running a school that invites this this, uh, level of inquiry in our students. It's pretty cool. Sure is. 
Thanks for listening to us today and tune in next week for another amazing podcast with one of our educators. This has been Best Practices in Education, an Odyssey School podcast. It was recorded here in our music studio in Asheville, North Carolina at Odyssey School, engineered by our music director, River Gargarian, and the original theme music was created by the Misfits of Cragberry, an Odyssey student band. Let's fly away in a cloud.